Hey everyone, it's David Wernch. Welcome again to the Authentic Dad Podcast. It's not just for dads. Lots of people other than dads listen. Thanks for joining me. I really appreciate your support. Today's guest is Nick Shiner, a.k.a. Obi-Wan Nicobe. We have an awesome conversation about our gaming journey, his gaming journey, a little nostalgia, a little geeking out in Nintendo, and more importantly, gaming and how gaming is educational technology, how it can be a learning experience in the right context, in the right circumstances, and how it's an overall positive experience, because I know a lot of parents are concerned about their kids gaming too much. I love this conversation. I hope you enjoy it. Please reach me at further.coach, F-U-R-T-H-U-R.coach. Please consider leaving five-star review, liking, subscribing. We will see you on the other side. Take care. All right, I'm here with Obi-Wan Nicobe. He's an avid gamer, maker, and pop culture geek who believes all of those things can be tools for learning and doing good in this world, in the physical world. Obi-Wan Nicobe goes by the handle Nick Shiner, a former public school elementary school teacher, technology integration specialist, and central office leader who is currently serving as Digital Promises Project Director for Maker Learning. Over the course of his decade-plus career in education, he's combined the power of learners' interests and needs with innovative technologies to create and advocate for incredible learning experiences. He's got a bachelor's in science in elementary education from Towson University, that's my alma mater, and a master's degree in educational technology from Johns Hopkins, Obi-Wan Nicobe. What's up? How's it going? Thanks for having me here. Thank you very much for doing the podcast. I'm pumped. Let's I'm, go. I'm pumped. <laughs> and uh, yeah, so I, I'm going to assume most people understand the the gamer handle Obi-Wan Kenobi, but for those who do not, I would say this was a play on Obi-Wan Kenobi. That's correct. Very creative. <laughs> Thank you. I appreciate it. Star Wars fan. Absolutely. Tell me a little bit about that before we before we get into it. Why the Obi-Wan Kenobi? Well, I think besides the besides the Star Wars fandom that I've had from a young age, it was easiest the easiest one for a play on words. <laughs> um, but throughout my career, throughout my life, uh, particularly in the most recent years, uh, I've really thought of it through the lens of Obi-Wan Kenobi was this really smart Jedi who was a teacher and that play on right. words worked for me and I, 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 I try to instill some of those values in, in my work as well. That's wonderful. And not an expert, but was he not Luke Skywalker's mentor? Look at that. Was he not? He, he, he was. And, and I think, did Darth Vader kill him? Kind of. Kind of. Kind of. It's a gray area. It, like, yes, but also Obi-Wan kind of allowed him to okay. because then he became one with the Force uh, and was kind of omnipresent and omnipotent he was as like well. A, he, he sort of like sacrificed himself. Exactly. And, I, and, I, and I'm thinking about the first three. Yeah, the originals. Okay. Absolutely. And I, and I really can't, for some reason, we can't get our kids to watch it. I'm not, a, I'm not like a Star Wars freak, but I like it. Right. And it's been very struggle, but we'll talk about that later. Um, <laughs> You're a gamer. I am. You're in educational technology. You're, um, we'll talk about how gaming is educational tech, but I always want to hear your journey, and I'm specifically interested in your gaming journey. Okay. Tell me about that and how you became so uh, en enamored and, and love gaming. It's a huge thing, but not an old guy, but you didn't start with the Xbox. No, I did not. Uh, so... My grandparents got me the original Nintendo Entertainment System. I guess I was about mm -hmm. three or four. And my, my earliest gaming memory is intentionally missing the duck in Duck Hunt to watch the dog laugh. <laughs> uh, I, I don't know why. I guess a three or four-year-old thinks it's really funny when a dog pops out from behind the bushes and just starts laughing at you for not doing what you were supposed to do. And I was just I was blown away by even at a young age, by that technology. The fact that I could use this light gun that interacted with the television and would either hit the duck or it wouldn't based on my accuracy. Well, uh, well you're a lucky guy because when I got my first NES, I didn't get the gun. They didn't splurge. For, they got it for Hanukkah, but they did not splurge for the gun. I got yeah. the one. But it's fine. My friends it's, had the gun. It's okay. So you could buy, yeah, you could borrow it. Or you could buy one. Yeah, absolutely. I, I, yeah. Those things go for a pretty penny now. Like you can, like I've got my original Nintendo sitting on my uh, bookshelf. I don't want. I, I don't use it. It's yellowed a little bit. I've thought about restoring it. Mm. Uh, there is a restoration process. It works though. 
I just I usually just play emulators on my computer. So I can't imagine what like an unboxed, you know, NES eight bit system goes oh, for. Oh, it's gotta it, be it's expensive. I, I, like I want to look it up right now, but like yeah. it's it's. I mean, even even the Nintendo sixty four. Like if you go to like a used game shop or somewhere, like or try to buy it on eBay, they definitely go for a premium. So. I unfortunately, like as I've grown up and like as I wanted to buy new consoles and new games, I got into the habit of trading my stuff in at GameStop, which Mm -hmm. despite their recent stock performance, uh, (laughs) I don't recommend trading things in there because you usually don't get very much. But, you know, as as a kid growing up, like I would scrounge those things together, things that I wasn't really playing with anymore and trade them in for pennies on the dollar, like so that I could work towards something else and having a new game that I wanted to play. And I guess the good news is it's always there. I think there's such a market because of the nostalgia of it. Oh, yeah. I have the one that came out, you know, the little mini one with the 30 games. Mm -hmm. I have an emulator that takes the cartridges. Right. I have to show you downstairs. By the way, so exciting. We're in person. I know. Amazing. I've never, this is the first podcast we've done in person. So I am with you. That was my first and... (laughs) probably where it ended for me like i did and it's still still my favorite but so duck hunt i'm guessing mario brothers in there yeah absolutely like i i have a whole talk i can do about world one one in uh level one one in super mario and the relationship to learning uh, we can talk about that a little bit later if you want but well, i think i think we should geek out a little yeah, bit on this yeah there, let's let's do this more I think, I think men or women of a certain age they there is something about that original Nintendo, you know, mm-hmm. that just it just hits you when you see uh, Metroid mm-hmm. and um, TNC Surf Designs. Love it. Bases loaded. I mean, we could go on and on and on and on. So give me a couple of other your favorites. Uh, yeah, and so I from there I had a Super Nintendo. I loved Super Nintendo, Super Mario World, Legend of Zelda, Link to the Past, some of my mm-hmm. favorites. Uh, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles 4, Turtles in Time was a great one. Number four. Um, There was one that I actually really loved as well. Uh, It it was one of the few games that had like an external peripheral device that went with it. It It's called Mario Paint, where you could actually like you had like a digital canvas and you could actually like create art and animations on your Super Nintendo and it would save it, which I thought my buddy down the street had it. I didn't have that one, but I thought that was super cool. I had uh, what else did I? I had the. I was one of the few people who had, it was this really strange um, Sega Genesis. So it was a Sega and a Sega CD. I don't remember what the thing was called, though. I'll have to look it up. Mm -hmm. Um, But it was basically the size of a really, really big Discman. And you could actually use it as a portable CD player. And the problem with it was, so like, because I... That one doesn't sound like it really caught on. No, it didn't. um, But it did play regular Sega games. It played Sega CD games, which was cool. There weren't a ton of Sega CD games, but I I did enjoy those. Uh, But I would use it as my Discman. Like, when we would go on family vacations, like, my cousin would have his... He would have his Discman, and I would have mine. But the problem is mine was so big and bulky because it was a uh, video game console. It took, like eight AA batteries and it would drain them immediately. Oh, yeah. It almost and sounds like, like a laser disc player. Yeah, <laughs> and it didn't have it didn't have skip protection. So I'd be in the car. It was this really great, like like yeah. smaller version of the Sega, but it just was not meant to be a disc man despite their advertisement for it. I loved the the original like sort of black and white Game Boy. Mm-hmm. I played that thing for hours yeah. and hours and hours. Spider-Man, Tetris. Yeah. I love that little thing. Nighttime car rides, though, were a pain. Like, you had that right. thing in the car. Like, unless you had the light attachment, like, you were... There's a there's a great comic online of, like, nostalgia of, like, yeah, playing yeah, yeah, games. Yeah, yeah. And it's, like, just waiting for that little bit of street light to, like, make sure that you're not going to, like, completely screw up your game of Tetris. Uh, that Those are fond memories. Like, they weren't... Yeah. It was some rage, rage quit... Uh, happenings when I was younger and that kind of stuff would happen but now I look back on it fondly so I've been like th- through basically every console generation I've had at least one of those consoles uh, yeah you haven't stopped yeah N64 and the original PlayStation PlayStation 2 uh, GameCube I did skip the Wii U that was one I didn't buy which came uh-huh. after the Wii um, that one really wasn't super popular to the point where they're actually releasing a ton of the games that were on the Wii U Do people on still the Switch. play the Wii or not really? I, I mean, there are some games on there. Like, I mean, there's always a market for, right. quote, like, it feels weird to call that retro gaming now, but it's like, it's been a while. Yeah, so that was one where you could try to get kids physically active. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so the Wii U was the one that came after that. It was 
took some of that, but it was mostly the fact that it was kind of the predecessor for the Nintendo Switch now, which is the portable mm-hmm. Nintendo that you can also dock and play on the TV. It had a hand, it has a handheld screen on it. That was the controller. But I think you could only use one of those with the console at a time. And just like it really wasn't something that stuck out to me as something that I wanted. So I kind of skipped that part right. of the generation. I mean, I'm even remembering going into the Toys R Us. You know, you're 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 like Still way ahead of me. <laughs> the ticket. You'd get the tickets. Get the ticket. Oh, and, God. And I was like, I, a Rad Racer. I remember uh-huh. the Rad Racer and the Toys R Us and the Owings Mills Mall. Mm-hmm. Those games were like $50 in the 80s. Yeah. That's so expensive. Which actually, like, so when you think about the fact that, like, so this newest generation that's out now, the PS5 and the uh, the Xbox One X, um, the fact that the games are $70, like, They've actually it's not like, bad. No, it's. I mean, it's. it's I mean, definitely, it is, but it isn't. I, I mean, so the the comparison I always give is if you if you took a family of four to the movies, mm-hmm. what does that cost you? Fifty bucks. Well, we just went. It was like fifty bucks. Yeah, fifty bucks, and that's probably before snacks and anything else. Like, unless you sneak popcorn under your right, shirt. Yeah, right. I mean, that, that, that's that's yeah, that's a professional. Yeah, absolutely. Tip. But yeah. <laughs> that's what two and a half hours of entertainment. Whereas you can spend seventy dollars on a game and. That's some of these games are are built for a hundred hours of play. Like you've got storylines and side quests and things that you can do. Yeah. So when you when you actually break it down like dollars per hour, you're actually getting insane value for what you're what you're spending. Agreed. And I think that's a good point. I feel like I'm a little bit in a time capsule because that's kind of where my journey ended for mm-hmm. whatever reason. And then you recently helped us out with one of your old systems Absolutely. the xbox thank you for that yeah and i'm like looking at this thing it's the xbox one i'm like the graphics oh my god it's amazing and i feel like an alien who's been in like frozen for 30 years and you're like oh those are those graphics aren't even that great. no so i'm, I'm looking at like i'm <laughs> trying to figure out exactly what I xbox one release date yeah i mean that was so that was that the one that i gave you was the original xbox one console that came out in 2013 so we're talking about yeah, eight almost eight years ago now. No, that's terrible math. Right. Yeah, no, that no, yeah, I was no, eight right. years ago. God, yeah, I shouldn't come on as an educator and not be able to yeah, do basic math. He's old. Uh, so about eight years. Like the the graphics have improved drastically, but they've also like the older ones have held up. It's this idea like you think about the graphics you see in a movie. They're always going to be a little bit ahead because you don't have to worry about the interactivity and the programming that goes right. along with that. You can do so much more with movie graphics because you also have bigger budgets. Um, but gaming has just narrowed that gap, particularly in the last few years. That I mean, you're going to see like you see photorealistic games now. It's just going to continue to be that way. So, what I really wanted to talk about is because this is a really big topic, right? Kids have been home, mm-hmm. hopefully less and less now. The people are getting vaccinated. And it's huge, right? I've seen my kids watching other people play games on YouTube. I see them sitting for hours in front of Fortnite. I see the credit card transactions of my credit card <laughs> going to Roblox yeah. and V-Bucks. And I think some parents, and this is a little bit of a softball question, are uncomfortable with this mm-hmm. in that why is this... How can how is this good, right? It sure. Feel, it feels like a distraction. Mm-hmm. It feels like it could be addicting. Okay. It feels like it could be. I'm just I'm just saying. Like, what do you say? Because basically, tell me your sort of thesis about how. And maybe we're talking about two different things. Gaming can be educational technology, but tell me first about how is this just not like a distraction? That's I mean, sound like rotting people's brains. I think that's a great question, and it's one I hear a lot, and the way I like to explain it to most people is when you, when you talk about addiction to anything, mm-hmm. what's at play there is is the addiction. Whatever the right. thing is, whatever that vice may be, that is typically an inanimate object or an action that really isn't good or bad on its own. It's how it's used, and how that plays out is ultimately what you have to be concerned with. And I say that understanding that like, yeah. I think, I think we realize that if you are, listen, we live, we live in a capitalistic society where selling things and keeping people engaged with the product that you are selling is key. So that's one of the things that I all, I like to talk about these things piece by piece. So if you want to talk about, talk about the addictive qualities of gaming, 
they are absolutely there. Right. They are things you have to be concerned with, right? You everything should be done in moderation. You can become addicted to exercise. Correct. Exercise is a healthy thing that you can do, that you should do, that you need to do in order for your own health and well-being. But if you do it too much, that can be incredibly dangerous. The same thing goes for gaming as well. If you are spending 12, 15, 18 hours in front of a TV doing anything, that's not healthy. So I always say everything in moderation, conversations with kids about, and adults, you know? Right, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> like, I mean, it, it, it's very easy to get sucked into these things, but it's also very easy to get sucked into a book or into a Netflix series or into a physical game that you're playing with people. It's very easy to get sucked into any of these things. So having protocols and conversations in place that you can use to talk about these things is really key to making sure that you don't get to a point where someone is spending too much time doing these things. What I have loved recently is seeing how my children have kind of bonded mm -hmm. together with themselves and family members playing video games and that warms my heart and it's really exciting and they're having fun. They're playing with friends and let's putting addiction aside. What are some thing you can suggest to kind of have that conversation about moderation? Let's say they're not addicted, but it's stopping them from playing basketball outside, sure. getting enough exercise. It's become a little bit of a, a you know, a, a habit. Yeah. So I think that the first thing to do is particularly, and you said like, You've got the Xbox now. The kids have just more recently become engaged in playing these games. That's a great time to have those conversations, right? Before they really start playing games for X number of hours, you can have those conversations about what this looks like throughout the course of the day. You know, when I came home from school, I had to do my homework before I could play games. Then I could play games until dinner time, and then I could play again afterwards. But my parents also encouraged me to be outside. It was... It was it was never a hard and fast rule that I couldn't play for longer than I was. But as long as I was getting physical activity, you know, mm -hmm. I played sports growing up, not, not very well, mm -hmm. but I did, I did play sports. I went outside. It was the nineties. We did rollerblading. We would play street hockey in, in the cul-de-sac. Oh, street hockey. Like, yeah, yeah. like there, like I went outside. Like it, it was right. never, it was for me growing up. It was never a replacement for those things. It was just another thing I really liked. Yeah. So, but if you're concerned that, a kid that you know or your own children are are having trouble with moderation, set up a schedule. Let them know that you have X number of hours a day to play, that you can play them whenever or at specific times. Screens need to be turned off at a certain point. We, we hear a lot about blue, blue light from screens and making sure that you're not looking at them too close to bedtime. If that's something you're concerned about, set, set rules and, and put rules in place for that. You know, there are also parental controls on many of these consoles where you can limit the amount of hours they're playing. You can limit the fact that they're spending money on Roblox with the credit card that's attached to it by putting a PIN number on there. I can help you set that up afterwards. Yeah. If, no, if that's, no, no, no. They're not allowed if, no. to just buy it. Yeah, no. but, but there, there are... Bought stock in Roblox, by the way. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, it's, it's, a, well. it's, a, it's a good one. Um, yeah. But ultimately, at the end of the day, what I, what I ask people to do is just consider it for what it is. It is a thing that you can do, right? And it it doesn't have malintent. It's just about the rules of engagement that you set around that thing. And yes, there are certainly factors. There are there are there are there's leveling up. There are microtransactions that you can end up spending money on. But any of those things in moderation. And also, there are really valuable lessons to be learned yes. in those things because they exist in the physical world as well. Mm -hmm. Toy stores and the adult toy store Target are set up to keep you in the store. There's a reason why you go into Target and you end up with 50 other things. So adults are prone to this type of behavior too, where the psychological setup of insert thing here is designed to keep you engaged with what you're doing. Yeah, I've just, maybe it's our neighborhood, maybe it's the generation, maybe it's the pandemic, but even before the pandemic, it just seems that again, sounding like an old man, kids are just like kind of outside less and interacting less. And I don't know the reason, purely anecdotal. So it almost seems a little bit harder now than it was when we were a kid to kind of, to kind of get them motivated to do other things and um, just to have a little bit more attention, intention. 
and awareness around it. But those are excellent, excellent um, tips, and I appreciate that. I don't think there's well, some people think there's malintent. I don't think there's any malintent. So, I mean, so I, I think, but, but you're right. Anything can be a distraction. Yeah, I think that yes, like uh, there there is intent by developers to again encourage people to spend money on the game and spend time in the game. The developers of Fortnite, Epic Games, like they want you playing that game. They want you to play it more. They want you to spend money in the game. That's their business model. So that does exist. And un- unfortunately, we have to contend with that, not just in gaming, that we have to contend with that in anything that competes for our attention. It's the same reason Netflix yeah. puts content in front of you that they know that you're going to like based on the algorithm. Uh, it's the same reason stores are set up the way that they're set up. That's so, exactly right. So we just, we, we knowing that, what who was it was it gi joe knowing is half the battle i can't know i can't remember now i'm see i was G.I. Joe. i wasn't a it was G.I. either gi joe joe's or, or transformers i'm really mad at my geek cred right now yeah, but like right. it was knowing is half the battle and the other half of it is making sure that there are rules and protocols in place that help you to make sure that your kids develop healthy habits in everything and that does include gaming yeah, i mean i usually let them smoke cigarettes while they're playing but i think maybe we should we should stop. I mean, as long as there's an ashtray nearby. Yeah. No, I mean, <laughs> one thing actually is, and we're going to get into the educational piece, which I, which is um, really uh, the um, what you do. Um, I, I, you could also, I would just add this as, as to, to add to your wisdom, to use it as a way to connect with them. Hey, oh yeah. Which game are you playing? You know, why is that important to you? Why do you like it? What does it do? For, you know, mm-hmm. tell me about it. Yeah. And, and sometimes I've come in. I don't have a lot of interest in it, but I'll watch because mm-hmm. they like when I watch and, you know, they get excited when they win and they're explaining to me, Fortnite in particular, this is a skin I just got and, you know, this is the new season. We don't like it as good, as much as the other season. And um, they they get kind of excited that they can c- kind of share this thing that they're interested in, right? It's it's that's what the, what they... So I think that there there could be a, a uh, opportunity there to connect. Oh, a hundred percent. So I'm I'm not poo pooing it. Yeah. But I do think you know there's a lot of concern, especially among parents who just don't really get the whole gaming thing. Mm-hmm. Like what 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 is happening here? Right. You know. So, I, I and and as I've said to you before, and particularly in our in our prep conversations for today, one of the things that I like to do is I like to draw analogies to the physical world and also to just the history of humankind. And there was a time in history that the fictional novel was deemed to be an incredibly dangerous thing. Oh, yeah. Particularly for women, that women were going to get lost in these fantasy worlds, forget their their household responsibilities and their drive to populate the world. And there were research articles and newspaper articles and constant conversations around why reading, particularly fiction, was such a bad thing. But we know after, I, I'm going to say now, centuries of research that fictional reading is an incredible thing. Not only is it engaging for many kids and adults, but there are real benefits to, there are real cognitive benefits. There are real, yeah. I mean, it's it's one of those things that like, but it was demonized for, yeah. for a period of time. And that's kind of where I think gaming is now. Gaming sits in this weird space where, it's fun, but there are also serious games. We see games being used as training simulations for lots of different career pathways. And yes, there are also some bad things, you know? There are definitely bad things in the gaming industry. But again, to cast it off as just a purely bad thing yeah. is really dangerous it's because like, it's, it's not... like rock and roll music. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah the devil's music. Right. Like, it's not going away. It is by far the highest earning media type out mm-hmm. there right now it's continuing to grow you pointed out before that that your kids will sit and watch it there are kids that are more interested in watching Fortnite and Overwatch and League of Legends than they are watching traditional sports it, it's so interesting to say you know here my child said this is my favorite youtuber and it's like some kid in his room, you know, yeah. you know, streaming as as and it was very common and has a gajillion followers and they're sure. just sitting it's like that is so interesting to me. It's such a different world. I saw, we were watching a show last night. It was really funny where the character was like, I'm trying to cut down on my screen time. 
um, and she was trying to watch TV, and the TV wasn't working. Well, then say, well, isn't TV screen time? She's like, absolutely not. It, TV right now is like is like reading a book. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's a it's sort of a secondary screen, and I don't I don't know that it's like I don't consider it screen time. Sometimes we sort of beg our kid, please watch a movie with right. us. <laughs> please watch a movie. Well, and and like that. So, what? I just unplugged my headset. There we Sorry. go. See, this is the problem with doing this in real life. But you can still hear me. I just can't hear you. So. What you're talking about there is is social screen time, right? Yeah. You're 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 begging them to watch it with you so right. that it's a shared experience. That that one of the things that so many people neglect to talk about when we talk about screen time in general oh, there is you go. is good, the good segue. Yeah, is the is the type of screen time. Mm-hmm. If you're just sitting and what they call doom scrolling through social media, right. I would argue that's relatively unhealthy. Like yeah. if per, like I'm not saying don't do it. I certainly do it, but you try to do things in moderation. There's a reason why Apple and Android and Google have screen time monitors on your phone to help you monitor some of those things. Who for follows you. that? I don't, but yeah, like I, I I'm I, an adult I who I can I can set limits for myself. And but they are great tools for kids. Like they, it yeah. is. And the way I would suggest to use it is to look at that data collectively. Look at it together. Say, what do you ask your kids? What do you notice about this screen time data? What are you spending the majority of your time doing? Could you be shifting to a more active type of screen time? Because that's the big thing. What I what I look at for for myself and also for my young children is what type of screen time are they getting? FaceTiming with their grandparents is not bad screen time. It's a particularly during a pandemic. Depends on the grandparents. <laughs> sure. But like ultimately you want them to do that because it's a way to connect, particularly in late stage pandemic response, right? Yeah. So, and that that's, I, I would call that kind of like the medium, like the mid grade of like between passive and active. Doom scrolling on social media, sure. Like, yes, we absolutely want to make sure that our kids and the adults in our lives are not just doing that for hours on end. But those same tools that can be used for massive amounts of consumption can also be used in creative outlets. We see kids putting together dances with their friends, doing challenges, putting information out there. Some of my favorite information I get from TikTok. I've learned how to use my circular saw with that. I've learned how to do screen printing with TikTok. I've learned... Really? About, yeah, I've not, learned not about... Not on YouTube, huh? No, not on... So there's a lot of great content on YouTube, but the way the YouTube algorithm is set up is like there's no short videos anymore. If you want engagement as hmm. a YouTube creator, your content needs to be about eight to 10 minutes, they say, and then you've got ads mixed in. And, and all of a sudden you're watching flat earth videos. Right, exactly. So <laughs> like TikTok has a really, really great algorithm that you really get the content that you're looking I for. Li- I like TikTok. And you can also search for it and... My favorite part of it is that you usually get the same information you would get from YouTube in less than a minute. YouTube, like if I'm looking up a tutorial for how to do something only in one Photoshop, minute. yeah, I mean, but like time, time is money, time is TikTok, life. One minute yeah. further coaching on TikTok, TikTok. in the case those are interested. Yeah, so um, yes, <laughs> that was a nice plug. I'm on TikTok. Yeah, that was a nice plug. Um, but ultimately, like I'm able to find the content that I want much faster without having to pour through their explanation so that they can make sure that then after that they can have an ad break quick and then go get to the just, content. Just laughing at the world we live in where YouTube, yeah. that's just way too slow. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> but you know, like, you, you know what you hear a lot of uh, when you go online, and, and I, I know you, you, lo- you love to cook, you chef it up a bit. A little bit, um, a little but bit. you go online to find a recipe and you've got to read their whole life story before you get to the ingredients list. And the reason for that is because that allows them to place more ads on the website. Uh, the best recipe sites are the ones that have the button that say, go to recipe, and it scrolls down. But some people do like reading those stories. They like to read the history behind, you know, their grandmother brought this recipe over from, from Italy, right. and they've been making this pasta by hand for 40 years, and this is their modern take on it. Um, some people like to read that, and that's fine, and that's great that the yeah. content's there, but sometimes you just want to get to the recipe because you got to make dinner. And TikTok is so high energy too, which is it is particularly um, enticing for the youngins. Mm-hmm. Um, but that's set up again. That's set up to keep you going there too. I'm just saying this device has a timer. Yeah. Anyway, um, <laughs> we. I want to shift now to the educational piece because sure. this is what you do, and I'm so so interested in in it. So I I'll just have you kind of. Take it away. Like, what's happening in the? And it was a huge question, but just the intersection between gaming 
and education or, you know, that, I mean, I just, I'll read, pulled a couple things online. Sure. Let's hear it. And I have this little quote, you know, implemented in the right way, gaming can help to hone and nurture lots of transferable skills from problem solving to literacy and technical ability. So, so tell me more about that. Cause that's, that's where you, sh- that's your sort of expertise. Yeah. So what I would start with is you could swap gaming out in that sentence for many other technologies and, and analog tools as well. Mm-hmm. But let's talk about the gaming. So we know right off the bat, we know that gaming is incredibly engaging. We know that kids and adults around the world love to game, whether it was physical games like Risk and Sorry or Catan, Catan is one of my favorites. If you've ever played Mm-mm. Settlers of, it's now called Catan, but it used to be called Settlers of Catan. It, it's kind of this mix of like a little bit of Risk, a little bit of Monopoly, um, and it's uh, all about resource I think the management. The last one I played was the Oregon Trail. Okay, yeah. I'm just, I'm so, just so Catan is actually a board game though, and it's in, it's infinitely customizable. Every time the board's a little bit different, but the game is based on resource management and trading materials uh, to ultimately be able to get the certain amount of points that you need to win. So we know, like, we can talk about gaming writ large as this physical and digital thing, but specifically talking about gaming, we know just how popular gaming is in in pop culture right now. As I said before, gaming is by far the most lucrative media type right now in terms of dollars earned uh, per year. And that's just continuing to grow. It was huge during the pandemic, and it will continue to be so uh, following the pandemic. But a lot of people talk about gaming as just this monolith, right? The gaming industry. Mm -hmm. But there's a lot of components to it. So in education... The ones that I, you hear about most, the three things I'll mention are gamification, games-based learning, and then esports, scholastic esports or esports EDU. Um, I'll give you a, a brief definition of each of those. So gamification is the taking of elements related to gaming, winning and losing, yeah. points earned, quests, those types of things, and applying them to how you design your instructional experience to create engagement points in that type of learning to help kids become more engaged in the content that they're doing. So just pulling lessons from the game itself and using No, them. so so gamification actually you don't use you don't necessarily use a video game or right. a it's it's it's, yeah. it's just the principles. Yep, exactly. Like you get x number of points. It, it's it's what you would like it's it in its simplest form it's the the jar on your teacher's desk that every time someone in the class does something nice you put a marble in it you fill the marble glass up and you get a pizza party you've gamified good behavior yeah. it's not one of my favorite parts of gaming uh, gaming in learning because it is very much extrinsically motivating rather than doing the right, right thing because it's a good thing there are va- there is value to it it's particularly good for making content that maybe isn't the most interesting a little bit more engaging but ultimately it falls apart because we know that at some point the amount of motivation they get from it diminishes you know one yeah. thing my, my son uses to brush his teeth is a game called pokemon smile and he i hold my phone up and it puts him on the camera and the better he brushes his teeth the more grime it washes off of the teeth and the Pokemon on the screen. And at the end of his two minutes, really? he gets to throw a Pokeball. And if he did a good job, he'll catch that Pokemon. Mm-hmm. And it takes pictures of him while he's doing it. And he gets to wear a Pokemon hat. And he loves it. That's it's, so modern. We just yeah. threaten them and say, look, you know, they're going to have to punch a hole in your tooth right. if you get cavities. Right. Just scared. Wow. Yeah. But at Dude. some at some point, that will become less engaging for him. Right. At some point, the 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 monotony of brushing his teeth will overbear how engaging that game is, which is why it's not one of my favorite things, mm-hmm. but it is a really great way to build a habit. So then you have games-based learning, which is what we were talking about uh, earlier, which is this idea that you can learn lessons and life skills in games. Yes. I'll, I'll read another. This is a, an article that came out recently. It's March 27th by a guy named Hugh Vinny, and he says that, most digital gaming platforms work on tried and tested tech methodology, which often takes um, the form of challenge, progression, reward, and recognition. Um, so playing video games in the context of math lessons, for example, might also inspire certain attributes like determination and persistence, which in turn evokes community and creativity. So is that kind of what we're... 
So what do you think? About so it? I think what you're describing there is actually kind of the bridge between gamification and mm-hmm. games based learning. There you go. So playing a game, I, you you may remember this from your childhood. Things like Carmen Sandiego. Oh yeah. Oregon Trail. Yeah. Number Munchers. Did you play Number Munchers or Math no. Blaster? Carmen Sandiego, Oregon Trail for sure. Okay. So those kind of sit in between, right? Mm-hmm. You've gamified doing your basic math facts, yep. Yep. or you've gamified learning geography or the history of the Oregon Trail, which there's a whole story out there now. They've recently released, re-released Oregon Trail because the original one really kind of whitewashed that history. Yeah. And they've actually re-released it, particularly with a focus on the impact of the Oregon Trail on indigenous peoples, which is really fascinating. That's and great. again, shows just how important gaming can be for learning history and also reflecting that history appropriately. But so those games kind of sit in between. They are games very much rooted in okay. learning those skills. So... I, they, it's gamified them in the sense that it's mm-hmm. made them into a video game. Got when it. I talk about games-based learning, what I'm talking about is taking your standard off-the-shelf game that was designed for mass consumption. Yeah, like Minecraft, Roblox, exactly. Fortnite. Exactly. Tell me about that. And finding ways to, to create learning opportunities with that. So when I was in the classroom, so I taught fourth and fifth grade, my very last year in the classroom, I was working with a group of my fourth graders and they would bring their own tablets to school. I would allow them because I thought it was really important for them to have access to technology in the classroom. And what I actually ended up doing was setting up a little Minecraft server for them in the classroom. This was before Minecraft education came out and became this huge industry. Uh, And I built them a biome that they had to exist within, and they only had the resources within that biome. So that within that game, within that biome that I created, they learned basically how an economy, basically they learned how an ecosystem and an economy work, right? They learned about scarcity of resources. They learned about, I have this amount of stuff and you have that amount of stuff. How can we trade or barter to make sure that I have what I need and you have what you need? In Minecraft, you're working in a block-based world. So there's geometry lessons in there as well. How big is that building by cubic feet? Because you're building with cubes. There's all of these lessons that you can learn within the game. And then there's the communication that goes along with that. How do we talk to one another? How do we collaborate to build a structure together so that I don't have to do that on my own? I see the distinction. Uh, The game was not built for education, but you're using it as an education tool. There's, you know, versus what you're saying. Very interesting. I didn't know that the gamification, let's say, of um, Oregon Trail or yeah. some of the math games. But I, I was also reading that some of Minecraft Roblox actually are now building in educational tools and sort of gamifying. Absolutely. Tell me, so tell me about that. So. I, I know less about Roblox in, in that regard, but I do know that there are kids doing lots of really incredible things, building games in Roblox and actually gaining oh, huge yeah. followings. What, my neighbor, so I, cool. and I'm going to have to have them listen to this because my neighbor, she's, I think, on the tail end of elementary school uh-huh. or in middle school. She's a developer. And no, so I, I, don't know, I don't know what she does in the game, but I do know that she has a TikTok account uh-huh. that is dedicated to Roblox, and she's got like 15,000 followers. Wow. And I've got like 10. So like, yeah. I see that, and I see her creating content that people are engaged in. Yeah, well, I've seen um, my kids and their friends sort of record mm-hmm. their, their Roblox, and you know, Roblox is so cool. It's got like hundreds of millions of users and it's open source i think you can develop your own games yeah and then you, there's a huge market developing outfits games. and it's it's actually really creative so i think i think it's a really neat game um and what i was just reading that you know companies like roblox and minecraft are, are actually building platforms specifically yeah getting into the ed tech game yep so so I can give you a bit of history on that. So again, Minecraft was developed basically by one guy and then built out his team slightly. And then eventually towards the end of his time with that game, I just keep doing that towards the time with the end of his, his, I'm sorry, towards the end of his time with the game, he sold it to uh, Microsoft. Mm -hmm. And when he sold it to Microsoft, he sold it for quite a pretty penny and Microsoft took it over. And then there became two versions of the game. There was, Microsoft Java, I'm sorry, Minecraft Java and Minecraft Bedrock, which was the Windows version of it. You could run both of them on a Windows machine, but the games differed slightly. Going back a little bit, there was actually an educator who built his own modified version of Minecraft, which he called Minecraft EDU. 
over time, Microsoft actually saw the value in that and bought Minecraft EDU from him and turned it into Minecraft Education Edition. It is backed by Minecraft by Microsoft. It is owned by them. And there is a huge platform of educators and students using Minecraft Education Edition on a daily basis for everything from math lessons, civics lessons, history lessons, yeah. anything you can think of, you can potentially teach in, in Minecraft. And it's completely supported by Microsoft and it's built into a lot of their packages that they have in schools. And teachers love it. There's lessons that can be downloaded. They can make their own. They can create... AI characters that exist in that world that they can talk to historical characters in a blocky version and learn and learn history lessons in it. It's it's really remarkable what they've been able to do with that platform. And um, you may not know the answer to this, but I am curious um, if you follow or have there been or what's what's like the research showing on some of this uh, research well, specifically. I mean, uh, there's education and gaming. If 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 it's if it's working, if it's not working. I mean, if. Do you know of any? Yeah, so I so I can't cite specific research off of the top of my head, but we like in addition to the engagement factors that go along with it, mm -hmm. it's really no different than teaching the content in any other way. Right. If you were, if I were teaching, fit like let's use the geometry example again, and teaching area and perimeter. Cubic units are cubic units. It doesn't matter if you're doing it on the computer or in person. Sure, there are tactile benefits to doing that with physical blocks in front of you. But think about not being able to carry those things with you at all time. A mm -hmm. kid can practice those skills on their on their phone, anyway. on their iPad. So I, it's, it's, it's never going to be something that I would say, you should teach everything in Minecraft every single day. Yeah. I bet it could be done, and I bet it could be done successfully. But this is just one more tool yeah. in a teacher's arsenal. I was just going to say, it's a nice toolbox. Exactly. You're not saying it has to be used all the time, right. exclusively. Um, you know, good. I like that. You're not you're not like gobbling down all the Kool-Aid. You're right. just saying don't discount it. Exactly. Exactly. And like again, they're gonna put like Microsoft is a business. They're gonna try and push it on you to say like you should be using this to teach everything. There's professional development around that that you can teach anything in Minecraft. Sure you can. It doesn't always mean that it's the best place to do it, but on the flip side of that, we definitely shouldn't discount it as a tool that could be used. And, um, you know, this is such an interesting field, educational technology, and it seems like and, and this is you're sort of on the cusp of this. What else do you see as far as where this is going? Just um, educational yeah, technology just in, the in general? Yeah. I mean, I think, you know, like sticking with the gaming a little bit, like particularly virtual reality, you know, uh -huh. the cost of virtual reality headsets continues to come down. The graphical fidelity and the ability to move around within that world. How much are they now? Uh, so you can get the Oculus Quest 2 for, I think, like $300. Mm -hmm. And what's really cool about that one is you can plug it into your computer. And if you've got a powerful enough PC, you can actually use it as the more powerful Oculus Rift, which runs even better graphical fidelity. Fidelity, um, but I use it portably in my basement all the time. I I was doing a uh, I was doing cardio with it the other day. I huh. um, <laughs> my wife she comes out and I'm like panting heavily, and she's like, "What are you doing?" And I said. I just finished a boxing match. <laughs> but like I did boxing with a quote-unquote trainer That's in my awesome. basement. The game was, I think, $10. And I actually like got to trace out a space in my basement. I moved around in my basement holding the controllers. And you actually duck and dodge, kind of like the, the yeah. five rules of dodgeball. Like you duck, dodge, I'm just picturing dip. your wife uh, walking down into that, which is... A really important point. You are a gaming geek. Nerd, I am. And you're married. It I can, am. It can happen. Yeah. And you, you know, have kids. Yeah. You know, the, not every the, gaming person. And this is really offensive. This is. Oh, no, you're, you're about to be very offensive. <laughs> <laughs> Incredibly you're offensive. You're married. I am married. And, you know, I think that the the old, like, the old Revenge of the Nerds <laughs> stereotype know, of the. I yeah. Know. But, you know, you, you, I, 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 you know, I, I don't want to. I, I really don't think that about you. I just no. I, just I know. That. I know you don't. But I also know that that is still very much a stereotype that exists. Is it? Uh, yeah, sure. I think that people in and around gaming know that it's not. You know, some of the the quote unquote coolest people in the world are gamers now. You know, hundred percent. Like Ninja became a millionaire because one night Drake wanted to play Fortnite with him, uh -huh. and they played Fortnite and had. 
I, I don't even remember what the number is, but at that time it set uh, Twitch viewership records. And that put him on the trajectory that he's on now. He's a pop icon right now. Like he is very much in the public sphere. He was on ESPN magazine. He Forbes 30 under 30, all that kind of stuff. I think it's an old stereotype. Absolutely. It's a stupid joke. And I think a lot of the gaming and the gaming community is kind of on the pulse and ahead of what's happening in the culture. Oh, as uh, far as of technology, course. streaming. Um, gosh. There's I, a reason why companies give streamers their, their wares before they give them to anybody else. They give them access to new technology. They give, like, Ninja was getting the Samsung phone before. He wasn't even a Samsung user. He switched back to an iPhone since then. But they were giving him this technology beforehand because you put it in his hand. It's the same as putting it in the hands of LeBron James. Like, he's got the name brand recognition. He's got people watching him and seeing that he's using that technology. Gaming, like, is absolutely in, in the public sphere in a way that it never was before and what i also like it's not just boys it's yeah. not just men it's 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 girls and women getting into it which is also really cool i, I wonder if maybe historically it was more of a, a dude thing so i think i think historically from the way that the, the narrative is told mm -hmm. absolutely but you know i despite some of the toxicity that exists in the gaming world and again i don't like talking about gaming as this monolith because there, there are a lot of different areas within the gaming industry but despite that toxicity you're you're really starting to see a lot of communities form around acceptance and people are finding their niche within gaming just down Definitely. the street from us uh, i mean we have uh one of my my close online friends is is gamer doc and she mm -hmm. is an esports physician she went to medical school and she now treats professional esports players and also creates content and she streams and yeah. she just got uh she's now she's now she was just signed to ford modeling agency really? and she's do, she just released a textbook on esports health and she's doing incredible work in the field and in addition to that she is a queer woman who also operates a nonprofit called queer women in esports and mm -hmm. it is an organization dedicated to ensuring that queer women have a safe space and the support they need to thrive within the gaming and streaming industry. Very good. It's, Very cool. It's, it's well, I love, cool. I mean, that people can connect on it. I mean, for me, it's always been music. Yeah. And if you're going to connect with friends, family, spouse, romantic partner, you know, what do people connect on? They connect on what they love. And that could be gaming. That could be music. That could be a number of other things. And, I've really seen my kids connect with each other. We've mentioned this before. And other kids in the school. My uh, daughter came home the other day and says, such and such plays Fortnite too. Yeah. And she was really excited. And it's just like a nice thing to form a, a friendship around. Absolutely. So. And I think particularly during the COVID-19 response, mm -hmm. we saw really the benefits that gaming could provide, you know, when when we first got locked down and we thought we were like, oh, you know what? Like, we'll stay home for two weeks yeah. and then we'll go back to normal. You know, at that time, Nintendo released one of their more popular franchises, Animal Crossing. Uh -huh. uh, they released it on the Nintendo Switch and I nabbed it up. And if you go back and you look at news stories, particularly around gaming, uh, right at the beginning of the pandemic... Animal Crossing, you almost saw a story every day. It was this cultural phenomenon mm. because in that game, you build an island. Mm. You, you it's actually like, it, it's totally a game based in capitalism. Like you go to this island, you take out a loan to build your first house and you, you, you grow things and you sell them at the store and you can buy things and then you take out another loan to, and you, you're constantly, the nice thing is it's, it's always an interest-free loan. So everyone calls Tom Nook who is the main person that you buy things from, he's this animal that you take out your loan from. And everyone talks about how he's like the ultimate evil capitalist. And I always say, you know what? He's giving you an interest-free loan. It's really hard to complain <laughs> about that. You don't have, he doesn't give you a deadline to pay him back. Like, but you do have to pay him back, but it's interest-free. What, what's the one that also got really popular uh, where you, like somebody was like the murderer and among us among us yeah that was i, I saw them play they're, they're sort of not into it anymore but right they got really into that which i think was super 
And it was a f- that's a really cool game. Yeah, it's great. So I can actually I'm gonna, I'm going to give you a nice segue to that. Uh-huh. So Animal Crossing was this game where like you could do this on your own island, but the social component of it is that you could open the gates to your airport and your friends could come visit your island and they could come and and take things from your island that you give them and they can see things and you can send messages to one another. So it was this way to spend time together online playing with one another and mm-hmm. connecting. It was yeah. it, it started as this like just way to pass a little bit of time during the pandemic and became this connection point for a lot of people. And then later in the pandemic you see Among Us which is this really incredible story. Yeah. Among Us was actually out for I believe a couple of years before it picked up and they were actually getting ready to sunset the game and I think start working on Among Us 2 mm-hmm. when like it took off uh, and like it was wasn't it like the most popular game it, in the universe absolutely i mean you were seeing people streaming it people were playing it you can play it on your phone aoc i think yeah aoc it, yeah. played some games with some streamers and some other political commentators um what's really great about that game is it's a low barrier to entry yeah. you can play it on a phone it's actually free downloading it on the phone and like five dollars on any consoles or on your pc so really low cost yeah. barrier and What's great about it is like, yeah, it's a video game, right? Like you're moving your character around. You have to complete tasks. Such but and there's such this sus. He's sus. Yeah, yeah. So you, but you were also real. Like the majority of the game, where the game actually changed directions based on actions, was actually in the conversations, right? So yes. for those for those who aren't aware of how the game is played, exactly it's, right. It's basically what was uh, it's basically I guess the the physical game the physical world game is i think we could call it assassin where there's somebody one or two or three people who are the quote-unquote imposter they are an alien on a spaceship that is wearing the same space gear as everybody else but they actually their goal is to kill all of the actual space crew and get away with it and get away with it right so if a crewmate finds a dead body They can report it. And then there's this huge conversation that happens. So there's no talking while characters are going around and completing their tasks or or imposters are either killing the, uh, the crewmates or sabotaging the tasks that they're working on. But everybody comes together to talk when a dead body's been reported or an emergency meeting is called. For example, I saw Blue, like the blue guy near Mm -hmm. the murder. And and that might not not even be true. Right. So within that, like, A, like... It's a great social game, right? Like yeah. you get like everybody together. You can play with a bunch of people. It's really relatively easy to play. We've played it at work actually a few times on Fridays, uh-huh. and usually every t- every time we play, there's at least a few new people, and there's a little bit of a learning curve just to know what you need to do. But that's no different than a board game, and it's this really like fun social game. And there's deception, so like there's persuasive arguments, and there's being right. able to like convey your point to people and making sh- and like. Creating alliances and and I, collaboration. I, I, like, I always thought it was really funny when they would play and they were not the assassin, yeah, or the imposter, and the, the, but they would get kicked out. Mm-hmm. And they're like, I'm not even the one, right? So th- there's cause and effect. Yeah. There's there's real ramifications. Like if you boot someone off and they get ejected out into space, and it will say, so and so was not the imposter. Right, it was not an imposter. imposter. Yeah. and like. Not only is that really frustrating for the person who just got eliminated, it's frustrating for the crew that just. Yeah did that because now they're one step closer to losing. We screwed this up. Yeah, so that was another one that like really low barrier to entry, really low cost, relatively easy to play. Crossplay is still, a huge is it thing. Is still popular? So, I would say it's popular. They just released a new map for it recently, mm-hmm. but I would say it's popular in the sense that I think people come back to it. It's definitely not at the height that it was. Like people were streaming the game constantly, people were playing it constantly. It's kind of died down from that point, yeah. but I think I think what you're seeing is that it's it's become Unlike some other games, it's become a staple in a rotation for people for game night. You know, I have a game night tonight, huh. and we're all spread apart. Like, we've got some people in North Carolina, some people in Cal- uh, now in Oregon, one person in China, all playing together. What does that look like? You're, you're streaming? So No, so I don't, I don't typically stream it. I actually find it to be boring to watch because there's so little talking. Uh-huh. Um, but basically, we all hop onto a Zoom and we or a Discord chat, and we mute our mics and our... Uh, screens our cameras so that nobody 
it makes it easier to hide when you don't have to have a poker face. Uh-huh. Um, and we just mute when we're playing, and then we unmute when it comes time to come back to when, discuss. Like, where did you just meet them in sort of gaming communities? or? So uh, I, I got involved with this group with a coworker and, and uh-huh. her, her lifetime friends. She was playing with them, and... Uh, one of them wow. just recently moved back to China and one of them just moved to uh, Oregon. Okay, okay. And we like she's playing in one of them is playing in, in the morning when we're all playing at night. Right. Um, right. But it's a great way for us to, to all connect with each other and play a game that we like. I think I think what you're going to see among us be is is like when you bust out Monopoly. Like it's that staple. It's that game that like is never really going to go away. Yeah, uh, it's part of the the gaming lexicon right. now. It's like let's just if you're on an airplane or you're waiting yep. for something at a train stop. Like let's just, just it's a it. quick game. It's quick. It's fun. Exactly. It's always there. Yeah, I totally get it. Um, we're getting towards the end. I anything else that you would recommend that we didn't cover? Resources, anecdotes, things that that you want to say. So um, I I think. If, I, if there's ever any one point that I want to get across to people, it's this idea that, and we talked about this kind of closer to the top of the show, it's just this idea that gaming, video games in particular, is really no different than any other activity your kids can become engaged in. It's all just about the conversations you have around it and how do you set, I don't even want to say limits, how do you just, how do you factor it into your lives? What does that look like? What are the conversations you can have around it? It can be the most divisive thing in your house, or it can be the thing that brings your family together. Yeah, I think what you're really saying is how do we integrate this? Yeah, like you said, you you like to come in and you'll watch the kids, and the kids light up. Like, mm-hmm. <laughs> There's nothing more defeating than a kid saying, hey, Dad, look what I did. And, and the parent is just like, oh, yeah, that's cool. Yeah, when I didn't know a lot about it, I was like, just pause it. Just pause it. We have to eat it. They're like, you can't pause this, buddy. So that's, <laughs> I, I'm actually glad you said that because that's another point that I make to people. Uh-huh. So Fortnite is, for, I know Fortnite it's is live, a big one. Like, it's, it's with other people. Exactly. You can't so, pause it. So one of the things and one of the, the conversations that I really encourage families to have is around that particular topic. Mm-hmm. Because for many parents, particularly ones who don't play games or haven't played them in a while, right. Old games, you used to be able to pause. You uh-huh. were both playing, like even if you were playing a multiplayer game, you were playing on the same console, you were sitting next to each other, you hit pause, and everyone could agree to stop. When you're playing something like Fortnite, you're online, you know the team you're on, and there's 90-something other people that are on the map trying to do the same thing as you, which is win. <laughs> so let's, let's use the example. You're playing, you're playing Fortnite, you're a kid, and you're playing even with your sibling, and the two of them are playing there, and you call them for dinner and you say, like, you need to come right now. Right. And and they come down and they're huffing and puffing and they're furious and you're angry that they're angry. And I, I usually not that I know. I right. usually just let them finish. But in the in the I was like, I just pause it. Right. Yeah. So but but right. so that is it sounds like mm-hmm. because you had that conversation with your kids, you are now aware of that. Mm-hmm. The, the the example that I give is if you did that to your kids and they were at a rec basketball game and you just pulled them off the court and said, we got to go home. I got, I got to make dinner. Excellent. Uh, You would at that point, you're not only, not only are they frustrated, that hurts their team. That Mm. hurts the people that they've made an obligation to now. Right. It's like, why are we valuing the rec basketball game over this, this this game that they're playing? Right. So again, there are, there are multiple levels of conversation to unpack there. Right. You as the parent, like if you're making dinner, yeah, like dinner time is dinner time. But the conversation you can have around that is exactly what I just said. Like understanding that your kids are not necessarily just sitting there playing by themselves. They are probably playing with somebody else, enjoying a social experience and a collaborative team-based experience. Let them know that if dinner time is at six o'clock every night, don't start a game 10 minutes before dinner if the game takes 20 or 30 minutes. Right. I'm going to pull you away at that point, but at least that protocol has been established yeah, you gotta in your a house. you got to set a context. you got to exactly. say, exactly. here's what we're going to, yeah, and that's very important. I'm really glad you brought that up, and probably something in my household we could use, uh, you know, be a little bit more intentional about that. Um that and I also am just laughing because sometimes I hear them like kind of yelling at each other, like "You made me die, right, asshole, <laughs> right." And you know what? Like we all have those, re- like you know, like even professional athletes who get paid millions of dollars to play a game, 
blow up at each other. Yeah. But it's, it's also a really great I think opportunity. It's super cute. Yeah. But it's also a great opportunity. Like if things really get out of hand, it's again, it's mm-hmm. no different than if they were playing exactly. with RC cars and they were crashing in one was crashing into the other and causing issues. Mm-hmm. Like you would have a conversation with them and say, like, we need to do some conflict resolution here. What's going on? Why are you arguing? What did you do? What did you do? How do we work through this and set it up so that I, I next really, time you do this? I really like that what you just said. I'm thinking about it is like, why is it different than a sports activity, something outside, a baseball game, a basketball game, and sort of treat it as such. And then I think that makes a lot more sense. Yeah. yeah. Hey, we're going to have dinner at this time. Manage your time so you're not in the middle of something or wait wait on it i think that's really good advice yeah thank i mean it's i think ultimately and like this is the type of content that i try to create and what i try to put out into the universe tell me where we can find you your content and like let's say someone are you available if someone yeah wants some advice consultation absolutely wants to geek out on nintendo where do we find you (laughs) absolutely so you can find me all over socials uh Mm -hmm. at obi-wan nicobe um it's Usually, I I don't. None of them are hyphenated because mm-hmm. hyphens look terrible. In. Obi Wan Nicobi. Absolutely. Yep. Um. And yes, absolutely available for all of those things. Whether it's talking at your local esports arena or LAN or after school club or working directly with parents to talk through some of the protocols that they can use to help navigate can they this watch with your their kids too. Can yeah, absolutely. My 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 stream is mostly just gaming, but I am going to be launching. Uh, oh, at least a weekly series coming up in the in the next month or so where we'll be talking about some of these issues just in and around gaming and around esports as well helping people and like just helping to dispel some of the myths around these things like we've been doing yeah. today so so Nick is wearing a Nintendo 64 t-shirt which I am. is really cool I, my neighbor across the street he had a t-shirt it said classically trained yep. with the Nintendo with, controller with the Nintendo. absolutely and, and you are going to be creating a t-shirt, I think. Yeah, so... Tell me about the t-shirt. It's a very cool t-shirt. <laughs> uh, thank you. I appreciate it. So uh, I just... I made it in my basement the other day. You know, I've got... I have a, a vinyl cutter and a, and a, uh, an iron, which, I mean, it's it's a heat press, but it it's just a big iron. And I, I designed a shirt that says video games are ed tech, which is short for educational technology. And it's, I, I posted on social media and I said, you know, if, if you really believe something, you should make it into apparel. There you go. And uh, it took off on LinkedIn and, and on Instagram and Twitter as well. So I'm actually going to be doing a, a limited edition run of that and potentially putting some other apparel and buttons and those types of things out there as well. If anybody's interested in those, just follow on any of the social media and I'll make sure that uh, I'm sharing when those links go live and we drop that uh, apparel line. Obi-Wan Kenobi. Nick no, Shiner. man. You, you almost made it through the whole podcast. Obi-Wan Nickobi. There you Obi-Wan go. Nicobi. There you go. You're going to get me in trouble with Lucasfilm. Uh, Obi- I was very Obi- intentional. Obi-Wan Nickobi. Yeah. I can sense your passion around this. I appreciate that. And your knowledge and your talent, and it's so fun to see. Like I don't know a lot about it, so I learned a lot. And it's so fun to see someone so excited about all of these things. And this is a really important topic. So thank you for your time. And doing this in person was so fun. Yeah, I mean, I, I, first of all, thanks for the opportunity. I always like to help spread this information as best as I can. Also, a dad, and your children are much younger, but so great that you're, you know, obviously ahead of the curve. Yeah, you know, my my son is four, and my daughter is going to be eighteen months this month, and they both like to like. We still play Animal Crossing to this day. My my son is a bit of a. Uh, deforester he makes me cut down all the trees but we plant them back and they grow back in three days but you know it was something particularly when we couldn't get out of the house we used it all the time to imagine different experiences we would travel to different islands and by the way i love your children because they're my niece and nephew that's right i love them full that's disclosure right. yep this, this is a family podcast i love your kids yeah. and i love nick he's my brother-in-law yeah and well, one of one of the greatest joys of this pandemic has been the opportunity we live about 45 minutes from each other but being able to connect with my niece and nephew online oh, playing they games get so excited. we're playing with nick yeah i mean it's nick. it's you know it's like, like the king has arrived they're playing with nick it's it's one of those things that they are they are now in 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 both in middle school now no uh, Ilana, no soon fourth right and fourth and sixth, sixth right yeah. so they're they're getting up there and this is <laughs> yeah. by far the most time I've been able to spend with them and it's really cool to like and, and it's funny they always report Nick doesn't really like this season that much and it's like <laughs> okay cool and 
you know what level you're on. I always hear what level you're on. Yeah, it's it's, it's really they, oh funny. they blew. So when we first started playing, like they were like they were very much like behind me in levels. Yeah, yeah, but like yeah, yeah, we yeah. logged on the other day, I was like level like seventy something in Fortnite, and I want to say one like they were both like way up in the higher hundreds, like one seventy three, one seventy five, and I'm like. My gosh! Like yeah, you, like, we don't want to play with him anymore. Me. Right? I'm garbage now. now. I'm trash. Like, <laughs> but it's just what a joy it's. You don't been. like the season of Fortnite? I, I, I don't. I'm I'm excited. I'm excited for the new season that drops uh, June eighth. June eighth. Yeah. The fact that it, I know that. Yeah. Is a little nuts. But but it's something you and your kids talk all, about all I've now. Been hearing about it. June eighth's a big. Yeah, thing. and it looks like it's going to be a uh, an alien themed season, which is really cool. I'm excited. Mm. Apparently, there have been like abductions on the Fortnite island in the last few days. So I'm really I'm I'm looking forward to all seeing right. if if I'm going to like it more. But it's you know despite like not loving it, it's still it's a place I connect with my family and it's a place where I connect with my friends. You know, I'll play with them until they have to get off and then I hop over and I play with my friends. I didn't have to drive anywhere. Yeah. We connect multiple nights a week. Um, it's it's just such a way, a great way to stay connected. There you go. So maybe you've flipped a couple people who are skeptical. We'll see. We'll see. I and hope. you know what? I'm I'm always happy to answer anything and people in addition to socials can, can always email me at info at obi1nicobi.com. So. Nick Shiner. My man, my brother-in-law. Love you, man. Thank you so much. Love you too. Appreciate it, man. This was great. Bye-bye. Bye. And there you have it. That was my conversation with Nick Shiner, my brother-in-law, Obi-Wan Nicobi. I thought it was awesome. It was so fun to see him, be with him in person. A new experience for me. First in-person podcast, which is a totally different experience. I certainly learned a lot because he adds so much value in this area. He's really an expert. And I really think it's an important topic And what a great resource for someone who lives and breathes this stuff. Please share it, like it, maybe, you know, forward it to somebody who may be interested. Love to hear from you further.coach, F-U-R-T-H-U-R.coach. See you next time. Thank you all so, so much.